Hey, Curtis. Hey, Jesse. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, I'm excited. Nice. Uh, this is episode two yep. of... Uh, Domino Universe. Almost forgot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you put me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, so this is episode two of our podcast, and we're just going to be... Every episode, we're going to be talking about a different video or a different topic in science. Um, and today, I want to talk about... I don't really want to talk about it, actually. I feel like it's... Interesting. Like, okay. Yeah, I feel like, honestly... Well, we'll get into it, but this is the most life-changing project I worked on, for good and for worse. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about the... Well, we're going to talk about the uh, Biodome project. I sealed myself in a jar with a bunch of plants. It's a big project. I remember that one very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was kind of a big deal in a lot of ways. I mean, in one way, it was the thing that catapulted my channel to where it is now. And in another way, it was also... I mean, it, it kind of... It's the easiest way to, that I can think of to give yourself an existential crisis. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I don't really even know where to begin, honestly. Well, start, thought, start with an overview of what, what the project was maybe from, like, where did the idea come from? That's a great point. Okay. Start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so a long time ago, years ago, I sealed a bunch of plants in a jar mm. and I'd had it sitting on my desk. And it was airtight. And I've just been watching them for years as plants lived and died inside of this little enclosed ecosystem. And over that time, I was thinking, like, what would it be like? How big would it need to be if you did that with a human? If you made a big jar of plants and you put a human in it. And at first, I was just thinking, that oh, would be a fun little experiment. And then over time, I realized, like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity to talk about climate change. It's a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it would be like a fun little project. Um, yeah, that's how it started. Okay. I don't know if you, you were, we were talking about that well into my planning of that, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, when, what did you think when I first mentioned that I was going to seal? Do you remember what, when I first talked about that idea to you? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. I don't, I maybe don't, I don't remember the exact conversation, but it, it, I mean, you're right. Immediately. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great video. Like it would look good as a yeah. video. There's a lot that you can talk about in terms of like science communication and concepts involved. And it's like dramatic and relevant in, in so many different ways. So it's like, yeah, that's a, that's an A plus idea. But yeah. it took a lot of work. Yeah, it took a lot of work. I got, so I asked not because I wanted like hear great things, but <laughs> thank you. But because I, I got two responses from everybody I talked to about that project. Okay. One was like, oh, that sounds like a really good opportunity to talk about, talk about climate change, whatever, all the things you just said. Mm -hmm. And the other response, which I got much more often was, you could die. This is a horrible idea. Don't even try. Okay. Which is like legit. Yeah. Um, I'll say I've heard other ideas of yours, which I don't know if you want to make them public that where that was my response, yeah. <laughs> but not for this one. I think, I think, I think this one was, you know, not without risk, but yeah. Yeah. I, and that's yeah. how, that's how I felt most of the time. Mm -hmm. But I think with that project, if you talk mm -hmm. about, I mean, I was talking about it with dozens of people for months sure. to set that project up. And yeah. so many of them were like starting to really legitimately freak me out. Right. Yeah. And I remember just doing the math again and again. on like trying to figure out how much oxygen my plants would, you know, how much they would produce and how much carbon dioxide they would soak up because the project, if you're, if you haven't seen the videos is the whole point is that the carbon dioxide I exhale would be soaked up by the plants in the biodome in the jar. 
and they would return oxygen to me and we would hopefully be uh, having a little mutual relationship. But only if everything was just right, if there was enough sun and if there was enough plants and so on. Um, and so like there was a lot of math to do there. And then there's also like a lot of preparation because, you know, I had to get my friend and a paramedic, Mark, Mark Van Eyck to, to join me and like babysit me basically. And yeah. I had to get a bunch of air monitoring equipment yeah. to make sure that, and, and blood monitoring equipment to make sure that I wasn't gonna, you know, have any serious issues. Um, but still at the end of the day, I was pretty stressed out starting that project. Um, and then I remember going to starting it, like I built the whole jar by, you know, after, over the course of a week or so grew all the plants was ready. And I remember going in there being like, okay, I'm just going to film these videos and I'm going to get out and then I'm going to edit the videos and maybe I'll have a couple interviews and that'll be it. Right. Simple. Simple. Yeah. Uh, and it was such a gong show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, cause I remember I like put out a, an Instagram post or a tweet or something. I put out a tweet with like the legs of me, my, my legs in, in my hammock mm -hmm. being like, I'm in a hammock and mm -hmm. you and, and Mel both responded to our friend, friend responded. And, uh, you're like, have fun. And I was like, this is going to be fine. And I like went to sleep. Yeah. And I woke up and it was like trending on Twitter basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like two in the morning or three in the morning. I hadn't really slept much. And you were on top of like, you had access to social media and everything the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was in a, I had internet on Wi-Fi and I had like a power bar in my little aquarium. Thing. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but man, whew, I did not expect it to blow up like that. Was I talking to you about like beforehand? I was pretty nervous about how I thought that it wasn't, I was most worried that it wasn't, I was going to put all this work in yeah. and then nothing was going to happen. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like everybody's, you must've had that. Experience it's a valid Yo, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just like valid, but it, was completely the opposite of when it ended up happening. So when you first started trending or when you noticed that you were getting more attention than you had, had maybe anticipated, what was your response to that? Was it that like an exciting, Oh, this is great. Or is it like too much? Let's slow it down. I mean, it was a little bit of both. Like I, I knew it was going to be a cloudy day by the time I had it set up. Right. And I also knew I had to do it on that day. Mark, right. My paramedic was only there that day. Um, and I had, things to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I was on my brother's property, which mm -hmm. is like, I didn't want to just leave a big biodome set up forever. Anyway. So I had to do it then, but I also knew like, I just didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. I was going to be really crunched to make a bunch of, I wanted to film a bunch of videos while I was inside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time I was like, well, I did this to talk about climate change. So I guess like, the, and it's happening. This might be my only opportunity to really talk about climate change to you. I mean, it reached 4 million people on Twitter Four wow. made 4 million Twitter impressions in that day, which is like, my phone has never erupted like that. Like sure, it was just yeah. like, I, at one point I just turned it on and just like overloaded and shut down. And oh, like, wow. that was just like the huh. state of things. Um, but anyway, so we did this whole project, um, lasted 14 hours and a few minutes inside and, uh, made it out safely. And, and then like, and I really was expecting to be able to, um, I should say in that, in that time, carbon dioxide levels rose. Um, what did you, did you, did we talk about estimates as to like how long you think thought it would last? Yeah. Like, well, before you did the project, you were setting up, like you mentioned, you had all the monitors and, and everything. And, and I came over to your place and saw your setup yeah. beforehand. And you showed me just by closing the door in a room, 
not a particularly small room, just a room with a closed door. We were looking at the carbon dioxide and I was shocked at how fast it rose and how high the levels actually got. Um, prior to that, yeah. I thought, oh yeah, you got lots of plants and like, anyway, it's, it's a lot of space. You could probably survive in there even without any plants. Like you've got a buffer of a while, mm-hmm. but after that experience, I, I, I guess I didn't realize before that just how quickly the carbon dioxide levels rise totally. with a person breathing. Yeah. And that was my same experience going into it, like doing the, in doing the research for it. I was like, okay, I did the math in a jar that size. There's enough air so that I could breathe and survive for three days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I add plants, I'll be fine. It'll be healthy. It'll mm-hmm. be okay. But I, what I didn't realize is like, A, carbon dioxide rises super quickly from yeah. our breath. And our breath is like nothing compared to like driving a car or something. Right? Sure. But it rises quickly from that. And B, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's all sorts of health effects with yeah. carbon dioxide rising. And yeah. even if, you know, I don't turn blue and get hypoxia and, and die, which is like, I mean, a horrible thing, obviously. But like, even without going to any far extreme, you can get like permanent brain damage or you can get, I mean, there's studies that link Alzheimer's risks to carbon dioxide levels sure. and your cognition drops and so on. And the, the more research I did, the more I was like, Oh man, even in a best case scenario, this is going to not be a fun time. Yeah. Um, I remember like, Oh, you know, I, I remember is not even the right word. I almost feel like, and I don't want to downplay post-traumatic stress disorder, but I feel like I had a little bit of P- PTSD from it. Okay. Cause I was like waking up even in, in the preparation for it. I'd been like waking up at like three in the morning hmm. being like, and in my head, in my bedroom, thinking like, oh gosh, like, what are the carbon dioxide levels at right now? Mm-hmm. And like, how does this feel in my body? Mm-hmm. And like, do it? did I do the math right? And then even beyond that, it became this like physical, I like developed this physical sensation of like, I can enter a room now. Mm-hmm. Like this happened yesterday. I walked into our bedroom mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, the air is stale. Hmm. And I was like, it's well above a thousand and it was 2000 parts per million. Wow. And like, I feel like most people don't feel that. Yeah. You get a sense of like, it's stuffy, but I've never, like I say with you and your sensors is the first time I ever really was aware of the carbon dioxide levels. But yeah, yeah, you've got sort of a, a a new awareness and sense of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the thing, and the thing about that, it would be one thing if, if that was just a feeling and, you know, I just felt, felt different and I knew I just needed to open a window. But the thing is that that feeling in my mind now and in my body is completely linked to mm. climate change. Right. right? Because I, I mean, the whole reason I did this was for, to talk about climate change. And right. my, my whole thought process was the planet is warming because of this gas. Mm. And so now I like walk into a room and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm having an impact on our environment. Mm hmm which is like kind of a horrifying feeling. Mm, right. Yeah. And so I like finished that project and I, I should say too, I talked, I think I did like, I mean, on the first day I did, I think 16 interviews or 16 to 20 interviews from within the, no, the second, after, this is the day out, after, after okay. coming out. Yeah. I, I had to limit it because I just like was sure. con- trying to conserve air as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, after coming out, I had, uh, tons of interviews that day. I had multiple interviews every day for weeks after that. So it was like the only thing I thought of. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would like wake up and be like, the more, the longer I work today, the more people I will talk to about climate change. Mm-hmm. So 
And it became like my life for like a solid month. I was mm-hmm. just doing that. And it was like, man, it like really fundamentally reshaped how I thought about climate change. Um, because just like you said, like you didn't realize how much of an impact you, your breath had. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing, but for every time we use energy, yeah. it's not, right. you know, that's fossil fuel based yeah. or every time we create, make something and use something that's made of new plastic, mm-hmm. right? All these things are contributing to climate change. Mm-hmm. And in a much bigger way than I thought. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about that part. But yeah, it was, it was, I like stopped because I don't know when the next time I talked to you after that, I feel like I was a ghost for a while. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either. But yeah, yeah I, I do remember there being kind of a break afterwards, which, yeah, yeah completely yeah. understandable. Yeah, it kind of disappeared. Um, but yeah, I was like, maybe I shouldn't like ever, like maybe I can't fly ever again. Right. Yeah. Like, how do I, how do we solve this? Yeah. It was like, it was scary. Right. Sure. But, and this is the, the, the good thing from all of this is that, and this took me a long time to process. And this is what I want to talk about with you today. I really didn't. I mean, I went into this expecting that no one would care. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I wouldn't, it wouldn't go anywhere and that no one would pay any attention because it's just one more guy talking about climate change. Mm hmm. But what ended up happening is that so many people cared that it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's amazing. Like I didn't expect to be, it was on BBC news and it was on, um, I mean, it is what my channel, it, that video and that video series is what caused my channel to grow. Like it has, mm-hmm. I went from 5,000 subscribers to a hundred thousand plus wow. subscribers. Right. Yeah. And that's because people now care about this. Yeah. Like they never have before. Yeah. And that makes me feel hopeful. And I was thinking more and more about this. And I think like, this is, we are at for the, I mean, we've known about climate change since like the seventies. Yep. And this is the first time I think really that people are, are starting to, to care. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed that as well. I don't really have any statistics on it yeah. at the, at my fingertips right now, but it sure seems like it's uh, it, there's a, a sort of a Renaissance in, in climate change awareness and, uh, willingness to really make major changes about it. Yeah. Um, even in, you, you can see the shift in the, the other side as well. Whereas a few years ago, there was outright denial that climate change was happening in the first place. And that, that is shifting. You don't see that as much anymore. Yeah. Now the problems we're facing are still a little bit of, are humans causing it? Are our actions really contributing to, to climate change? And, much more now, I think the the question is, is there anything we can do about it? I think the focus is often the focus for climate change activists is so often uh, having these these deadlines. If we don't do anything by this date, then it's too late. And we have to change that now because the the other side has been convinced that climate change is happening, that humans are causing it. And the issue now is we're seeing I, my perception is that we're seeing um the resistance is, is coming from a place of, well, it's, it's too late. You've been saying it's too late. We passed that last deadline. So it doesn't matter. We might as well, whatever, burn the rest of the fossil fuels. Yeah, classic uh, defeatism. Yes, exactly. And I think the, the messaging needs to be that there is no, it's not pass fail. Yeah. There are deadlines for specific benchmarks, but the more we change and the quicker we change, the more we will mitigate the, the negative effects. Yes, it's too late to avoid 
any form of climate change, we're already in it. Um, but everything that we do can contribute to a, a lessening. And I think that you made that point pretty well. Uh, and that that's, that's where the messaging needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, that's not how I used to see it. Sure. Like I used to see it the other way. I used to see it as this like start and stop, you know, if it, we have 12 years and if we don't, don't make the changes, we're all done and it's right. going to reach a tipping point and it's going to run away on us, but it's yeah. not that way at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is really easy for people to be like, well, I can't solve climate change on my own, so I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if people start to realize that like every little difference that they make in their life mm-hmm. and every little difference that we can make our governments and our industries mm-hmm. to, to make mm-hmm. that, that saves lives mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like that, that. And that's in a very real sense. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't know, that's something to be, be hopeful about because you can make a difference at the end of your series. You had, I think you had three sort of action items, yeah. three main points. And I think that those were the right ones. Would you like to reiterate those here? So I, I would only reiterate them, but I don't know if they're the right ones. And we'll talk about okay. that. Interesting. Um, so I said we should eat less meat mm-hmm. because uh, meat production is super inefficient. Mm-hmm. It's way more efficient to just eat plants instead of feeding plants to cows or, and other animals. Mm-hmm. And then, eating the animals. Mm-hmm. So firstly, we need to eat less meat. Secondly, we need to drive less um, because drive and fly and travel less. All of those things use fossil fuels very directly, have a very clear impact on climate change. And then thirdly, we need to have conversations and, and create change by voting and making political impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's true in some ways, but not in many ways, because I mean, that was, this was, Keep in mind, like I wrote those videos while I was doing research for this, but not after I'd spent, I spent months talking about climate change almost nonstop Mm. and reading about it nonstop and going to workshops and trying to learn how to communicate about this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think now my answer would be a little more nuanced in that I think we need to say it needs to be an if then statement. Okay. And I think that that if, if then statement is if you are, and this is going to sound, but if you're wealthy, mm. then you need to fly less and you need to buy less and all of these things because really the vast majority of consumer pollution is coming from the, the polluters in the 1%, the wealthiest class, right? Okay. People that fly every week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And those are, that's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. And then if you're not in that ballpark, yes, you can eat less meat and you can drive less and that will still make a huge difference. But mm-hmm. the most important thing is that we need to be voting. Mm. Uh, the, like that is the strongest, most powerful thing most people can do. Right. So I wish I'd like stayed with that, those three points, but really drove home that the last one might be the most important for most people. Okay. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That's my thoughts on it. Okay. But yeah, uh, when I did that, when I said that and when I, I tweeted about it, I had so many like so many positive responses and so many people that were saying, I'm going to go vegan. I'm going to give up meat five days a week and so Mm -hmm. on. Or even just like, I'm going to not eat meat on Mondays. Meatless Mondays is a thing. And that's so encouraging to me. I I think that that's a good tie into the, the idea that the more change you make, the more of a, of a positive effect you can have. That's another, the eating less meat thing is another place where people tend to see it or in the past, the messaging has been around an all or nothing. Yeah. Right. Like if you, you go vegan and if you eat a 
single hot dog in the course of a year, then you have failed in your, in your task to go vegan. But yeah, meatless Mondays or reducing your meat consumption by whatever percentage is going to have that percentage of, of relevant effect. Exactly. Yeah. If I think people feel overwhelmed because, you know, if, if you want to make no impact on the environment, you need to like spend your life planting trees and you basically need to eat, eat nothing but fallen right. fruits and vegetables and, never drive anywhere and live in the, live near the equator, all these things. And that's just, that's not feasible or necessary, right? Sure. We don't need a small number of people to go a hundred percent of the way. Right. We need everyone to go 10 or 20% of yeah. the way. Right. Right. Yeah. That's way easier. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. If we can convince enough people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's exciting. And I, I'm so glad to see that start to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at like a, we have all these movements now that weren't around. I like, I mean, and maybe I just wasn't in touch with the news as well, but you look at the uh, Fridays for future by led by Greta Thunberg. I can never say her last name, Greta Thunberg. I believe so. Okay. I apologize if I messed that up, but I love her. Mm -hmm. She's like, if I had to only follow one person on Twitter, it would be her. Really? Yeah, for okay. sure. She's, so she's, for, if you don't know, um, maybe you know about her. I, not, uh, hugely. I, I'm familiar with, with basically who she is, but yeah. Tell us. Sure. She's, uh, I think she's now 16 years old. Could be wrong, but she's a fairly young woman and, uh, she started, she's, so she's in her, I know her in her Twitter profile, she says she's, she's autistic and she cares a lot about climate change. And that's okay. basically, the whole push of everything she does is to try and prevent climate change. Hmm. Cause she realized a few years ago that like the world is getting warmer and mm -hmm. no one seems to care. Mm -hmm. And so she started striking from school every Friday. Hmm. So she takes every Friday off and okay. she just goes and strikes. And I think she's Swedish. And so she's been going to the Swedish parliament every day, hmm. which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And this is also the, this is also a great example of how like one person can make a difference. Cause sure. she just started doing this in September mm. and now they had, there was a strike. It's grown to the point where recently there was a strike on a Friday that had one and a half million people show up to. Wow. Which is like incredible. Is right? this all in Sweden? This is around the world. Okay. Yeah. And, and people are, you know, and, and mostly young people, yeah. mostly students. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, if you look at voter turnout, for example, sure, young people are not easy to mobilize, right? right. But yeah. they realize that this is the, the thing their future depends on. Like, yeah. why go? The argument is, why go to school if my future doesn't, sure, like, is stolen from me? Sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've been following following that movement. Not in great detail, but like I say, it, it's, yeah. I've seen it just. You know, it's it's come across my my feeds on all of the platforms, so yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely got a lot of momentum. Yeah, I guess we should say we. I, I want to. Well, you your idea. Every episode, we should push for someone that you should follow. Our listeners should follow on social media somewhere. Yeah, I would say this. I mean, if unless Perfect. you have a, should follow Greta, I'll put a link or we'll put a link in the description of all this right. podcast. She is brilliant, and I think that she's. I mean, she's just nominated for a. For a Nobel Peace Prize, I think. Or oh for, my uh, goodness! Wow. Yeah, I think I, I wasn't Prize. aware that uh, it was like a big. She's a big deal now. Okay, yeah. great. I'm gonna yeah. start paying a lot more attention then. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped about her. Great. Gives me hope. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, yeah. Nobel Peace Prize or some other huge prize. I think it's a Nobel. Okay. Yeah. 
which is a whole other thing. I don't know whether they make sense or not. I think I'm glad to see that she's 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 on the on the on the on the ballot for it or however you say that. Sure. Um, yeah. Huh. It's been a long time since I've talked about the the jar thing. Well, yeah. Getting back to that, do you want to talk about any of the any more feedback that you got from it, or answer some questions? Yeah, yeah. A few. Th- I could, we can talk about a few things. Um, we can. One thing that I wasn't expecting. So before this project, and it's the thing we're going to talk about in the next episode, is I measured the world mm-hmm. and talked about um, how the world is a sphere. Mm-hmm. And so I've been dealing with even before I did this project, I'd been dealing with thousands of flat earth believers Mm. and we're going to talk about them in the next episode. But for now I got to say that dealing with climate change deniers is the most frustrating group of people to deal with because not only do they, you know, they don't understand the science, but also their misunderstanding of it has a direct impact on myself Mm. and on the future of all humans. Sure. And that's kind of horrifying, right? Yeah. And I think that those people usually genuinely mean well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Have you had many interactions with, I mean, with, when your job, like, do you, some, you interact with all sorts? Some. Yeah. 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 Um, not so much in my job, but I have, I have, uh, you know, I've sought controversy in, in other aspects yeah. of my life and, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've encountered a bit of it. Yeah. Um, it's always frustrating when there are ideological motivations behind science denial or, or science disbelief, which I think, like you say, we can talk about in the next episode in more detail, but that's, that's there in both of those cases, climate change and, and things like flat earth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. I I know less about what to do with it when I'm talking about with, when I'm talking about talking with flat earth, with flat earthers, it's one thing because Mm -hmm. I feel like, it's so clear to show them simple science experiments, mm-hmm. but with climate change, it's such a big thing. It's subtle. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a problem that takes place in an invisible gas. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's tricky to get a, across a, to people. A gas that is necessary to some degree. So there's a lot of nuance in it. Right. And I think a lot of the climate denial arguments are frankly disingenuous. It's not, it's not necessarily people arguing in good faith, but you see like in, you know, Senate, uh, speeches, people talking about how, Oh, carbon dioxide isn't bad. It's good. In fact, did you know plants need it? No, oh, man. Like, like and, that's... and uh, yeah, of course, of course. Yes. But that's not the point. Yeah. It would be easier if the problem were just some toxic thing that we wanted zero of and you could just yeah. hammer on this. We need none of it. Um, but, you know, it's not a lot of nuance, but there's enough nuance that it can be frustrating yeah. uh, to deal with those those kinds of arguments. Yeah, it's nuance across a really big picture, too. Like, yeah. you have to look over the course of 100 years to, right. really, like, yeah. to really understand the magnitude of what's happening. Sure. I mean, it, year to year, you can still see like most years, most of the last 10 years are the like hottest on record. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But still, like if you really want to, I mean, the record of what? The record of the last hundred years. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. You need to look, look deep. Yeah. Um, I think that that's tricky for yeah. people. And then if you go even for, like, depending on where you, you choose your, your goalposts, you know, another of the denialist arguments is, oh, well, a million years ago, right. it was even hotter than it is now. Right. So therefore it's fine, which that, that connection doesn't 
there is no connection there, right? Like we, we don't want to instantly over the course of a decade or two, uh, put our climate into the same state that it was millions of years ago. That would represent upheaval from which we would not recover. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting for me because, so I like sealed myself in this jar with a bunch of plants and my original plan was to stay in there for three days and I stayed in there for 14 hours. Yeah. And the reason that it only lasted that long is because plants, yeah, they soak up carbon dioxide, but they can only take so much at a time. Sure. And that's the same problem we have with our planet, right? Right. There's not enough plants to soak up that amount of amount of carbon. Mm. And even, even with that, like in the videos, like in the comments of those videos, people are still like, Oh, well plants love carbon dioxide. And it's like, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what's happening there yeah. psychologically. Yeah. Um, I think in general people, most people mean well. Yes. I think that like companies have their own personalities. Sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, we got, we have a long way to go on a small percentage of people, mm. but I think it's a, sh- a shrinking percentage mm-hmm. if we keep talking about it and mm-hmm. being, you know, being accurate and cautious about how we, t- I shouldn't say cautious. I should say patient with how we describe mm-hmm. things and explain things. Yeah. You hear about Exxon studies? I might have, but I don't so, know that by that. Yeah. Name. That's like, a. I, <laughs> have you heard about a big gas company? Okay. <laughs> um, what I just learned yesterday is that all of so the very first people to discover a link between carbon dioxide and climate change was people at ExxonMobil. Okay. Well, Exxon before it was ExxonMobil in the 1970s. Okay. And apparently they did like this big research and re- they, they put out this big report internally. And over time we're like, oh, this is going to be a problem for mm. our industry. And, you know, they started to like raise the platforms on their ocean drilling rigs because so, mm-hmm. they knew ocean holes were going to rise mm-hmm. and they started moving into o- moving into arctic uh, areas but then like in the by the 80s they were starting to put out misinformation right and starting to like claim that it was a debate right and i don't know this is a f- very first the, the most clear example i know of where this an, an industry has sort of co-opted yeah. and fabricated this huge thing that has now become like the, the president of the United States doesn't believe in climate change. Yep. Even though all scientists do. Right. Yep. yep. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say this and I probably have some facts wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is an unedited podcast people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll post a comment or something if I, if I'm wildly wrong, but I believe it's the case that many of the same, lawyers and and advocates and and uh, PR people who decades ago were working for the cigarette companies to uh on essentially you know misinformation campaigns against the link between smoking and cancer those very same individuals not just the same strategies but the same individual people are now working for uh, fossil fuel companies using the same tactics to spread doubt and, uh, and misinformation and just sort of muddy the waters, uh, about climate change and the link between fossil fuels and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, which like, if that is true, I, I, so, <laughs> which I believe, I believe I, it so, is. So again, I haven't read this recently, but I know that I, re- I remember that from a book called Merchants of Doubt. Yes. Um, maybe, did you read that book? 
I know yeah. I've you not read the, the book, book, but but I've listened to interviews with the author, yeah. and that's where my information's coming yeah. from. Um, so I think that that's right. But okay. we'll, again, always put corrections sure. if we if and if it makes me feel better that you you yeah. have read the book and support that because yeah. that's that's the source of my information. Yeah. We passed our own internal peer review. Perfect. Um, I should say too if. If you ever want to find more information about things we're talking about, we'll leave links in the description. Yeah. Um, and if you ever think that we make a, you know, if we ever make a mistake, we'll try to put corrections in the description as well. And let us know. I love being yeah. corrected. So, yeah. so please, if there's something I say that's incorrect or incomplete. Yeah. It's not yeah. always the case, but in science, I think that that's generally the goal yeah. is that we like to be self-improving. Yeah. Absolutely. It's nice. In theory, at least it's not always perfect, but sure. We're humans. Um, but yeah, that book is great. Um, it's been a long time since I read it, but it really opened my mind to just how much power corporations have sure. and not just power politically, but in terms of changing the social conversation on, on, on topics like mm-hmm. cigarette smoke. Is right. it bad for you? Climate change. Is it real? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, but check it out if you want, I guess. I feel like, oh, we have, we have a timer in this podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't have a lot of rules. Sure. But uh, one of the like pseudo rules is that we try to keep it roughly to 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this is a good place. It's 33 minutes. All right. I feel like this is a good conclusion. Okay. So, right, yeah. Good. Oh, we should always say this is Domino Universe. Yes. And subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this podcast so far, this is only episode two. Maybe this is the fifth one you've listened to. Who knows? You're a time traveler. Uh, but yeah, if you like it, please give a review. Uh, I know that that helps a lot, and we would really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm Curtis. I'm Jesse. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. See you next time. <laughs>